listening to Staying in the Game, a Plum Dragon Herbs podcast where we have conversations about mindset and techniques for staying at the top of your game. And we're really happy to have all you guys here. I, Janelle, would you like to, I guess, go ahead with some of the introductions that we can get ahead and get into it? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so last time we, um, in our last podcast, we were speaking to Leo Rodriguez, who's a big fan of Bruce Lee. And he's a great martial artist in his own right. And he gave some of the, in, the history of how he was introduced to D.Jow, which, you know, for any listeners who don't know, D.Jow is a topical herbal liniment that is used for pain management and injuries very commonly in martial arts. Um, and Leo was introduced to D.Jow by one of our guests today. Um, we've got Sifu Felix Macias, and we're excited to have you here with us. He's from, um, he and Master Alex are from the original Oakland JKD. And um, let's see, Sifu Felix, you are a second generation instructor of Jeet Kune Do in its original form. Is that right? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it is. Right. And your father, uh, Felix Macias, Senior, he trained under the great Kung Fu Sifu James Jim Lee, the man that introduced Bruce Lee to Iron Palm training. Yes, and true. they were also all part of the Jeet Kune Do Club in Oakland. And then, um, as I mentioned earlier, we also have Master Alex with us. He's a freestyle artist and an eight times <laughs> Master Martial Art Hall of Famer. And they're both, like I said, currently instructors at the Oakland JKD. Yeah, Alex is uh, also a gold medalist in Taekwondo in 96. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And American Games. Oh, my. That's awesome. And then we've also got with us um, Josh Walker. He was the original founder of Plum Dragon Herbs. And he he heads up one of the chapters of the Balintawak martial arts style. Bobby Tabawada. Tabamina. Yeah. Tabamina? Oh, yeah. okay. Sunday. Yeah, the guy that I know uh, is the Tabawada. He's from the Philippines, older gentleman. Yeah, yeah. That's, I suppose they're all named Bobby, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Bobby Tabawada is, is, I think right now he's in um, North Carolina. And Bobby yeah. Tabamina is actually, uh, he, he lives out in, um, in Mindanao, in Iligan City. So he. Oh. So when I train, I go out with him, or, or they come out here once a year. Um, yeah, we got a buddy out there in North Carolina. Yeah, uh, okay. Tony Mazzola yeah, is one of our good friends. He, he came down to one of our seminars, really good guy. He's studied under uh, Ted Wong. Okay. You know, through the, through, the, through the Bruce Lee lineage over there in uh, L.A. And uh, he's another good guy. Then uh, I take it, you know, my other buddy, Rodney Morgan, huh? Oh yeah, I know Rod. Yeah, yeah. I haven't talked yeah. to Rod in, in some time, but yeah, of course, in Iron Palm circles these days, Rod's you know it's kind of like the name. Yeah, yeah. he, uh, him and Wolfgang, a couple of pretty good Iron Palmists. Uh, they, yeah, they yeah. He sent me over a nice book with jaw recipes, a lot of them. Oh yeah, Rodney, go back. That's right. They have a book. They have a couple. Yeah, books. we go back and forth, me and Rodney, about different jaws and Iron Palm and Qigong, the whole thing. You know, uh, this whole thing about uh. This Iron Palm thing, the lineage part, uh, going through Jimmy Lee. My father started there with, with Jimmy probably a couple of years before Bruce even showed up. It was uh, Jimmy Lee had a school in Hayward, matter of fact. A lot of people don't know about that. But then a couple of years later, they hearing the word, you know, hearing the name Bruce Lee, and Bruce Lee came on board, and my dad met him. And that was it. He was there with Jimmy and Bruce about a good 10 years, you know, with uh, Jimmy Lee longer. And Jimmy Lee's Iron Palm lineage is uh, through the Kuyu Chung uh, ah, legacy. Yeah. And Rodney was the one who turned me on to the Kuyu Chung Jiao. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out who had uh, Jimmy Lee's Jiao. Rodney said he knew a guy that uh, 99.9% sure that it was Kuyu Chung. I looked it up. Sure enough, that was a whole lineage, you know. So anyway, so, uh, well, great to meet you guys and everything. And what do you guys uh, <laughs> want to know or talk about? Yeah, actually, I'm well, curious, unless, Janelle, unless you have, like, a specific... Oh, I was just going to say, I wanted to um, finish the intros really quick and thank Josh for coming, because he's 
an engineer working 80 hours a week right yeah, now. So it's a little crazy right now. <laughs> we really appreciate that. And then Nick and I are with Plum Dragon Herbs. This is Nick Patterson that waves to you. And I'm Janelle Leatherwood. I won't wave because I'm painting. <laughs> you can see my, my fun hands covered oh, in paint. Nick kind of reminds me of uh, one of my students, a guy named Nikolai over here. It kind of reminds me of him. Well, there anyway. you go. I'm sure he's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, he always a great guy. Oh, yeah. He can fight good, too. Good. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm happy to turn the time. Do? Oh, I, I was just going to say, I'm happy to turn the time over to Josh uh, if he has that first question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. Sure. Um, and, you know, we talked a little bit previously about, um, or, mentioned previously about the you know this whole idea and actually I'm always in that I love the kind of the philosophical concept behind the difference between original JKD and like JKD concepts um, type of thing and I, I think it's really neat um, and and I actually trained a little bit um, on the Richard Bastillo side a lot of years okay. ago and um, so of course, at that time, you know, I was big into Iron Palm, but there was like no Iron Palm in the curriculum. And so it's interesting to hear about the Oakland schools, you know, kind of having a bit more of an emphasis on Iron Palm. So like, is that something that you guys have, you know, continued to maintain as part of the curriculum? Or was it more of a, you know, just something that that group was into? Like, why why is it kind of fallen out in certain groups and, and that you guys have been able to hang on to that? Well, the reason for that is a whole lot of mix-up, a whole lot of theatrics, a uh, <laughs> whole lot of who's who and JKD. And uh, mainly everybody, in my opinion, is concerned more with certificates and uh, stripes on a damn belt, you know? And uh, for us, <laughs> the legacy is neat. It's internal. Bruce Lee, Jimmy Lee were a couple of Chinese guys. You know, so in China, they did a lot of things. My father learned Fu Jiao, Fu Jiao from uh, Fu Jiao Pai, Black Tiger from Jimmy, yeah. Hungar, still um, some of the Mantis and everything. And uh, Bruce had been doing the Wing Chun and some of the Tai Chi, and he dabbled into, uh, like I said before, the Prime Mantis, Northern and Southern, with a guy by the name of Jun Fu Mark. It was a good buddy of his. And uh, oh, yeah, what was, and he's in Minnesota. Jin, Jin oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I trained Southern Mantis for a number of years, so that's yeah. Uh, Bruce, Bruce spent about a year with him. Well, they were good buddies, they they say. And uh, but the curriculum of this whole thing that goes all the way back to herbs, plum drag, you know, plum dragon, everything that you guys have, that should be a whole a whole art together. You know, it's either got to you know instead of being in bits and pieces and concepts. By the way, means uh, an idea. And uh, I don't teach an idea. This might work. You know, I don't like to see the word concept. Like a concept card. A damn thing might run, it might not, right? Right. See, so, uh, yeah. So, so the whole thing that we've done is we maintain the structure and the uh, the internal list along with the herb, the qigong. I know how to make some herbs. Um, I'm still learning different things. I got friends, like I say, Rodney Wolfgang, that are pretty good into, you know, good uh, recipes. Um the whole thing should be an eternal art, you know. The deeper you get, the older you get, you should be dabbling, dabbling into that. The Iron Palm wasn't taught by everybody. My father was one of the lucky ones. He got taught the Iron Palm by Jimmy Lee. And Bruce got taught because he kept going back and forth to China making movies. And so a lot of guys don't like him over there. So I was sitting there with my father. I was a little kid. And uh, there's a lot of things I can tell you about all this. But Jimmy told my father... And he was teaching Bruce Lee the Iron Palm because of the chips. So he could have a little extra something because of a lot of people that didn't like him, you know. So pretty, you know, a little bit of a self-assurance, we'll see. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So then is it part of when you guys are training, is that something that you guys are still passing on? To your guys, like, is that, you know, is it a standard part of the curriculum or do you separate it or how does, how do you, how does that all work out for you guys? Well, it's like this. If they become good enough and they can handle it, I'll teach it to them. I'm not going to give somebody a loaded gun and let them walk down the street with it. They don't want to handle it. It's got to be earned and it's got to be uh, dealt with, right? You know, it's like, uh, if I know they're going to be little assholes and try to hurt somebody, I'm not going to teach them. Okay. 
Right? You know, they're going to fight. Okay. But this is something that you got to take seriously, you know, with the Aaron Palm. A lot of, I don't know any JKD people that do this, to be honest with you. I do it. I've taught it. I got, I got Jim Lee's uh, books, both A and B, the Iron Palm, Great Brick in 100 Days. I got them both. They're, they're my father's, and now they belong to me. Uh, I got a lot of things from Bruce that belong to my father that I have put away. Mainly a lot of the arts, a lot of the gung fu arts, and how you condition, you harden the hand, the forearm, you know, that all goes with the gung fu. And, uh, and then so what we do is we make a couple things, and, uh, and I call up Janelle, but I need some more herbs now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. We'll hook you up. <laughs> right on. That sounds great. It sounds great. You know. So uh, I haven't heard much from Nick. He's awful quiet. Yeah. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of take control of all of our user submitted questions. So one of those from at Magic Sky Play on Instagram is how did you both get started? What what what, what brought you to where you are now? Well, for me, I grew up with this. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up boxing. I grew up uh, a lot of martial arts. Going from when I was about four years old, my dad started doing judo and everything. Then he met Jimmy Lee. Probably when I was about six or seven. So I'm 62 now. So it's been in my blood, been in my family for for years. You know, my father was Bruce and Jimmy, the first two teachers. Jimmy Lee was not a third uh, teacher there. That was Jimmy Lee's home. So what happened was. The way that they had met, they kept hearing the word, you know, Bruce, Bruce Lee, you know. My father kept telling my mother. About a year or two later, they bring him on board, and they met. Jim Lee had a lot of ideas. He was doing the job brick-breaking with a guy named El Novak. Wow. El Novak was a big brick-breaker back in the days. I knew him personally. My, him and my father were great friends. He came to a lot of our seminars, spoke at a lot of our seminars, along with a guy named uh, Sid Campbell. He was in that circuit. And... Uh, so Bruce and Jimmy got together and uh, they touched the hand and everything. And they were like, holy crap. One thing led to another and we called a big bang theory. And that's what happened. You know, they met up and boom. And that's, that was the creation here in Oakland, the birthplace of Jeet Kune Do. That's awesome. Thank you. What about you, Alex? How did you get involved? Um, sorry about watching Bruce Lee movies back in the 70s. And then um, I wanted to be like him doing all the kicks and everything. So my brothers and my cousins, we used to come out of the, uh, the theater in San Jose, the Jose Theaters. And um, I used to try to kick the butt, end up beating my butt up. So you know, I was like, oh, I, that. I wanted to uh, take uh, martial arts. So he put me in. My first class was uh, Wing Chun Kung Fu. I started in 1979. It was uh, me, my brother, and, uh, and my mom. So... It was just more like hands. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to kick. So I told my dad, put me in Taekwondo. So you ended up doing that. And I ended up getting my, my third down. And then I succeeded from there. And then and I took, uh, silver medal uh, I took uh, in 1990, I took a uh, silver medal for the Junior Olympics. And then uh, in 1996, I took gold medal for the Pan American Games in Los Angeles and uh, Disneyland. And then from there, I started doing the other uh, Taekwondo tournaments and teaching uh, police officers in my high school at Independence High School in San Jose. And uh, it was fun. I just I loved it and stuff. And then I, I hooked up with a seafood seat, uh, Felix. Uh, man, it just changed my whole life around. Because after I got my third down, I couldn't get a higher rank unless I was older, like around 20. And I was like, well, I'm wasting four years of doing the same thing I'm doing over on my life. So I might as well mix it up a little bit. So I started taking Muay Thai, uh, Kali, you know, uh, Philippine stick fighting, uh, judo, uh, swarm, you know, uh, all the Korean martial arts. And then when I went with him, the seafood to Oakland, everything just, it's an eye opener. It's like when you're doing the basic stuff, by the time I got throw a punch, you already have three punches in the face and the kick. So I mix it up with the Taekwondo and and I mix it up with uh, JKD. So, you know, put those together, surprise. People will get a surprise. They're looking at the hands, but they don't see the feet because I have my feet, they go boom, come out of nowhere. And then we throw when they throw um, throw punches, we throw ghost punches. Up and bounce, hit them. And they don't realize that what the hell where, where it came from. So you know, but it's fun. And then I've been in a uh, well. Now I just got uh, nominated again for uh, the Hall of Fame. So now this is my tenth uh, ten times uh, 
Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Nice. So, Congratulations. Oh, that's incredible. That's yeah. no small accomplishment. That work. That is so great. Yeah, it's a big accomplishment, all right. Yeah. Get oh, yeah. Right. yeah. So what is what is the main thing that really keeps both of you so deeply connected to martial arts all these years later? What 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 keeps that passion there? Well, a lot of friendship and just a lot of uh ideas. You feel sometimes you feel like a damn antenna. You kind of walk away from it for a minute, and it just doesn't let you, you know. And these ideas keep pulling you, pulling you. And I've been dabbling in. I, I get into the pressure point. I look at the demo, you know. But uh, a while back, I was really into breaking. I used to break a lot, you know. Get the slab six, seven, eight high, boom, break those, bust the coconut easy, no problem. But then I accomplished all that, and I became more of a teacher and a coach now, basically. You know, teaching people self defense. You know, pretty much. And with Alex, I guess, with the passion grew and he wanted, looking for something to fill the gap, you know. So I was here to help him and he, he's doing great. He's on his own, you know. That, that's great. That's and, and it's interesting, you know, the way that your relationship to stuff evolves the older you get. So what was that transition like for both of you going from the student to the master, so to speak? Well, I kind of got put into it, <laughs> and uh, I, I it, the farthest thing I'd ever call myself would be the guys call me a Sifu or a friend or my name, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, master, I don't really use the word master or anything because I feel like it's a lifetime accomplishment, you know. And for me, you know, some people like the word master. Alex uses the master because he's mastered everything. He needs in taekwondo, but for me, I haven't. I have yet to. I'm still growing and, and I'm still learning things. I'm learning more about the internalness. I'm learning more about herbs. I'm learning more about, uh, about what, you know, the other side of the door, so to speak, you know, and, uh, and it was the same thing Jimmy and Bruce are doing. Jimmy was already there. He was already been going behind to the other side where, where he was doing the, the internal stuff, the press point, the breaking, knowing how to take somebody out a lot quicker if you needed it, you know, it's good to have it if you need it, but it, but it's also good to know it, you know, through the herbs and everything. If, if you help somebody or heal somebody at the same time, you know, it's a double-sided sword. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of questions on Facebook about the specific herbs and formulas that you guys use. So maybe I can just interject a few of these in here. But here's one from Hank Jockman, Jonkman. Does the strength of D. Jiao solely depend on the herbs used or also the percentage of alcohol one uses? Well, that's one that Josh could probably answer for us. Yeah, so the uh, obviously the herbs are, are really important. The, the formula itself is really important and the amount of herb that's in there is also really important. And like there's some, there's a bunch of formulas that, that people use that have really good herbs that don't have very much in it. And so like, I've like a lot of the, the formulas at Plum Dragon that were modified were made to like, I have this idea. I used to have this, this like private forum and I passed all these formulas out. Um, and we had this idea of the one pounder. And I, the, the idea that I like to go for is that um, I like to try to push the quantity of herbs up um, in formulas where they're not enough. And so like one pound per gallon tends to be like, if it's less than that, like I like to try to like push the amounts up, just scale them proportionally. Um, the, as far as the alcohol, the alcohol itself isn't what makes the liniment strong. Now, some liniments have more alcohol in them. Um, a lot of the injury liniments will have more alcohol, um, for, for a variety of different reasons. The iron palm liniments have usually a little bit less alcohol so that they don't evaporate quickly. Um, but like it's a soak, a soak time thing, right? So like it soaks for a longer period of time and it becomes stronger. Um, and then of course the quality of the alcohol is good, is important as well. Like you, you don't want to just pour in stuff. You know, you don't want to yeah. vinegarize. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, excuse me. Yeah, I also believe though, uh, the gel, the strength of the gel probably kind of like cuts upon what you need it for. Some people just use it for beginning, you know, bruising, uh, hurting. And then some people use it in the middle for a little bit more intense. And the deeper you get into the iron palm, you're going to want the one that's really going to penetrate. 
you know, yeah. it's a good job, they call it. You know, so there's for me, it's always been like three things a job, you know, beginning, intermediate, and advanced. You know, depending on what you're going to be using, you know, and um, it's like everything else, I guess. You know, it's just like the, you know, it's like learning. You know, you begin, yeah. then uh, you get better, then you get become really good. You know, yeah. so I guess the deeper you go into it, the more you study the potency of the herb. I think. Yeah, that actually, that's a really good point. Um, I, what's the saying? Like, if you if you have a hammer, then everything looks like a nail, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So, like, you've got your training liniments and injury liniments, and some of them are hot and cooling, and you know, work yeah. more on the surface, uh, and work some work more deeper in. And yeah, it's a really good point. It if you you can have the strongest jaw in the world, and if you're using it for the wrong thing, then it's not very effective. Not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, you also got a. You know, you have to incorporate your qigong. You know, you do the right qigong, your hand will get hot. You know, yeah. you put the shot before, and then you do the qigong, and your body's going to get hot. You know, during the during the time that you're training iron palm, so you kind of prep the body inside as well. Just like you said, it's just instead of pouring the gel on and hoping for the best, it ain't going to work, right? right? So you need to turn it on. And for me, iron palm's always been like. You know, I call it hand conditioning in the beginning. So you can condition the knuckle, the hands, so you can hit deeper. But I also know that uh, for the Qigongs and the jaw and the iron palm together, you, I, I guess when you get mad, you would, you would sort of say, you know, when you get mad, you get hot. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it's like you don't need the iron palm if you got the hand conditioned already. But when the time comes, instinctively, you do you you do generate the iron palm more. You ever see the movie Five Fingers of Death? The old the old cult, cult flick, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when the guy got mad, he when he used it, he made the hand red. So it's kind of like that. You can turn it on and make it more intense, depending on on your uh, uh, what's happening right now. You know, on how far things need to go. If it ain't that bad, then you take it as far as it needs to go. If it's serious, then you will pull, you will pull your internal instincts out, and you will make it more deadly than, uh, than what it should be. See what I mean? Yeah, that's how kind of so that's how we do. That's the hard part is the control. <laughs> hey, hey Josh, we just got a um, a Facebook question from Olga Braun. It says, "Hi Josh, can I use seventy five percent alcohol for beginning and dissolve it with water later to forty percent alcohol?" So I wouldn't dissolve it. I wouldn't like change it at all. Like if you make it at 75 or dilute it, right? If you make it at 75, then then just keep it at 75. Um, if you want to start it at 50, like there's nothing, you're not going to get a lower quality liniment by using 50% alcohol as opposed to 75. So, but once it's aged, like don't add anything to it. Like it's done. <laughs> it gets a bun is out of the oven. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Uh, it's like, but, but before people even get to play with the jowls and everything else, uh, I suggest that they learn more about it. You know, why it's used, when to use it, why do you have to use it? And if so you don't here's a it, question that I have, I've had, um, and I'm looking through the questions. There's a similar one here that says, are there different D-dot jowls for different levels of training? So my inclination is why not go for the most advanced jowl right in the beginning? What is the downfall or the downside of using the strongest jowl from the get-go? So I am actually, I want to like rephrase that question for Alex and Felix also. Um, But uh, so some Plum Dragon customers have had, uh, and it's very rare, but like some really strong jowls are not easy on the skin, right? So like some people might get rashes, you know, the more you train and like the more your hands get used to it, the more you can take. Um, But then the other thing is that a lot of the real advanced jowls, they don't do anything for bruising, right? Like they're wind damp stuff. They're for the joints. And if like you're trying to hit a bag and you've never hit it before, then like it's not, it's not handling the bruising. Right. Um, No, it's gotta be a, well, excuse me. Go ahead, please. uh, I was curious what you guys, um, and it, it sounds like you guys have like a really good, like history of, of use in, in the school. And I was curious, you know, what, how you guys, 
work with your students, you know, from beginning to end on, on how they like, do you like with, in terms of education and use and the formulas and all that type of thing? Yeah, mainly we'll use the, uh, we'll use the basic job for the bruising for the beginners. It's like this. You ask yourself, do you give a, do you give a student a, uh, an advanced technique on the first day visiting you? Right. See? You don't. <laughs> what you do is when they can handle it, it's just like a progression. The more intense, then you go, then you get the more intense cells that are needed at the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, the immune system and the skin and everything has to be conditioned enough to handle the, the more advanced. Like you said, the guy hits the bag, scrapes his knuckles. He can put the jaw on the good stuff. They ain't going to do him any good. He has to slowly but surely condition into it, the transition, you know, for the jowls. And it's like the Gong Fu, too. The same thing, you know. Uh, everybody, for me, you know, I, don't, I get a lot of guys come through. I get a lot of guys that are well advanced in different martial arts. And, and I still school them, at, some of them at the beginning stage. But they'll progress faster because of, uh, you know, what they've done. And what I do is I just enhance the system of what they have. I don't take it away. You know, you go to a place, and first thing the guy will tell you is, well, you got 20 years of this and that, and he'll tell you, okay, no more. Start clean. We don't know anything. You know, and I kind of disagree on that. Uh, whatever you learned in the past, you know, whatever art, boxing, wrestling, kung fu, whatever, um, I suggest you keep it and enhance it. It's like with the jowls. You know, you start, you work, you work your guy, towards the uh, advanced product and the advancement of, of uh, what he's learning. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. So, so here's a question for everybody, but specifically Alex. And it is, what do you recommend for focus and motivation when somebody is just getting started in training? You know, they're a weekend, six months in. What, what would your advice be to them? As far as like if they wanted to train with me and they wanted to uh... – Mm-hmm. Yeah, just if, if if they're if they're if they're getting into a discipline and they're, they're starting to get a little frustrated, what 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 advice in terms of staying focused and disciplined and all that would you have for them? I just tell them like, hey, you know, train every day, be dedicated to it. Because if you're not dedicated to it, then you ain't going nowhere. You know, I can't tell you that you're doing good when you're not doing good at all. I lie to you, and then you go out and feed and get your buck, and you come back and tell me, hey, I thought you said I was good. Like, you know, all you got to do is, like, I have people, like, because hey, they, they train with me one class. Hey, what do you think of me? Folks, you got to pull out part of it and dedicate yourself to it. Because if you don't dedicate yourself to it, you ain't going to go nowhere. You know, you got to think confidence. You got to build confidence. And you got to just tell yourself, hey, I can do this or or. Like, for example, when I used to get in the fights, I could beat this guy. You know, this and that. That's the confidence I had. I go fight the guy, boom, boom. One kick, and he was down on the ground. That's it. It was game over. You know, and, you know, you just got to tell yourself you can do it and then put dedication to it and then, you know, motivate yourself and then, you know, uh, and just keep practicing a lot and try hard and trying to find an easier way to do things and I'm not complicated to do it to make it easier for you so you can go ahead and do what you got to do to become a better one of anybody else. Patience. Yeah. Patience is the number one to teach it. You can't expect the guy to be Bruce Lee in one day. Okay? <laughs> Patience takes time. Like Alex said, the guy that's willing to learn has got to give you his all. He's got to want to learn. Too many schools give out too many certificates, too many stripes on the belt, too many trophies. They go out there getting mugged. You know, I mean, if you're training for 10, 5, 10, 15 years, you go out and get beat up easy, something's not right, you know. You're paying all that money. You should learn how to fight or protect yourself at least. You go to a boxing gym, get these young kids that are amateur fighters. A lot of those kids are really good. You know, they'll do a lot of damage. But like Alex said, it's just determination, you know, on everything. And and bottom word, patience. That's all it is. I have a lot of patience, too, from my students. People are like, oh, man, I'm going to love with me. But I just, I just, I love teaching since I was when I was young and then I just love teaching them and I like to see them succeed in life and stuff. So I taught a lot of people and then some make it and some don't. The ones that make it are dedicated and uh that are really trying to hard. The other ones are just eh, you know, yeah, I know it, but then when they go bam, what happens? Yeah, it's boring teaching a slacker who don't want to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it really is. Yeah. Uh-huh. So- 
So to hit on something you said, Alex, about confidence, how do you, how do you both teach to toe that line of going in confidently, but you know not being too cocky that you know you're just going to get knocked out immediately? Well, I just I just like like say for example, like someone wants to find me, and I just look at him like I can beat this guy. That's the kind of confidence you want to have to build up me because you don't want to show no fear to that mm-hmm. person or show any kind of fear. Then you're going to be weak, and he's going to. You're going to think about what is it going to do to you. You know, just relax, go over there and do what you got to do. And bam, bam, it just comes out naturally. It's all the muscle memory that you guys do when you train. Because once you start doing kicking and punching, you do all the time. Someone comes to you, just boom, you never know. You know, it just happens to a reaction, a natural reaction, you know. It's kind of like that, boom, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Like, How do you do that? I don't know. It just came out. You know, because you're practicing so much that you're doing it, it just comes out naturally sometimes. And you're not thinking about what you're going to do this guy if he throws a punch. Because when you think too much, you're going to get hit. You know, just let it come out, you know, this and that. Just let it come out. The kick come up, boom, knock the guy out. How'd you do that? I don't know. I can, you know, it just happened. You know, the guy, boom, I hit him in the eye. Boom, how'd that happen? I don't know. It just happened. You know, just just correct. Just, you know, have the confidence, relax. Don't get too worked up, shaked up. This and that, just relax. Breathe. Just look at him. Let him do all the talking. Easy to go down. Some people got more natural ability than others. And the ones that don't, you just take your time. You know, you groom them. You don't leave them out. Nobody ever gets left out. You know what I mean? It's just a you as a teacher, no matter what you're chaining, you know, martial art, art, all whatever, you gotta make sure that you're giving the guy the good the right stuff. Because their life could depend on what you're teaching. And if you don't teach them the proper way, if you're just collecting a dollar, then and it ain't fair to the guy, you know. Your job is he's coming to you for help. So you you better make sure that you're doing your job so he understands what it is that he needs to do to get home safely. That's the way we look at it now. Yeah. Well, one thing I'd like to hit on as well for, for Josh, because I found this so fascinating when we first talked, is, you know, how, how do you feel, you know, about the mindset of discipline as it relates to training, as it relates to how you ended up creating some of the best dit dub job formulas in the world and your approach to all of that? You know, it's, it's interesting because, like, actually, that's like a similar sort of question to the, you know, how do you persevere and not Mm -hmm. not give up. And I mean, I think there's an element um, of enjoyment, but like the enjoyment can't be it, right? Because some days like you don't want to do it. And those are the days that like you have to do it. And, and I think that, uh, I think that it's funny, we could probably have a whole blog talk about this, right? But like, I think probably Alex and and Felix can identify with this idea of, of kind of like obsession a little bit. Um, where, you know, it's like, you just, you have to get it right. You have to do it. And, and then even then it's not enough if you're not on the right path. Right. Cause like, if you're obsessed, you work on it forever, you don't get better. And you say, well, this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm quitting. Right. And so I, I think there's just this interesting mixture, you know, this recipe of, of like, like I said, like, doing it on the days when you like just feel like you don't want to do it you don't want to get out of bed and work on it and then like having a little bit throwing it tossing in a little bit of obsession in there um and then you know like like was said a minute ago like there's there's something about relaxing and taking the time and not worrying so much about where it's at in the future right and um and and just kind of in working on what you're doing right now and, and taking it in little enough pieces that it's not like daunting and overwhelming. And, and, and so that's, I think that's kind of where I came from. I, you know, you guys have heard like there were people that didn't want Plum Dragon to be open. And I was like, that's too bad, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. um, so it's, it, it's, it's just a, a mixture of so many of those, those things. And I think everybody's got it. I think it's just, it's just putting it all, getting all your ducks in a row, so to speak. So, yeah, but you know, you know, too, Josh. Problem with a lot of people nowadays, everybody wants it easy. Yeah, they do. They do. They want it real easy. They want to learn the whole curriculum overnight. A lot of JKD people. I ain't saying no names, but a lot of JKD people <laughs> will have a seminar. Will have a seminar, and they get a damn teaching certificate, um, right? And it's like, you know. I was like, you got to be kidding me. You know, I mean, this money marketing. Yeah. You know, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. I'm familiar with that. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So for sure, and it is, you know, it's I, I mentioned on one of the previous uh, podcasts we did, like there's this saying that I just love. And um, obviously it doesn't apply to everything, but it's like uh, sm- um, good men create, uh, or s- strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create, bad times and bad times create strong men. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, we're in a place right now where like times are so good that people are kind of, you know, they like are like adapting downward towards it. So, you know, could be true a little bit. And also a lot of spoiled kids, spoiled brats, a lot of opportunists. So, you know, like back in the day, when we used to spar and fight and everything, fisting and going for it, we didn't bubble wrap like they do now. <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody bubble wraps. They go home with a black eye, busted lip, and I look in the mirror and go, oh, man, look at that. I was happy. You know, I got something to show off to. But now everybody, man, you got their bubble wrapped and they want to talk about philosophy over one punch for 45 minutes. You pay for that. That's ridiculous. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of that. So, so with that mindset, when you have a student that, you know, is acting disinterested or really just doesn't want to take that extra step, really that extra step of commitment, what is, what is, what is your guys' teaching strategy to overcome you know, that student's mindset? Go home. <laughs> go home. You know what I mean? what you want to do, damn it. You know what I mean? I mean, martial arts ain't for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? Definitely. I mean, some people play golf, tennis, basketball, whatever. Everybody has their own different thing. You know, but if, uh, if I'm going to get a, a, a lackadaisical person just playing lazy, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to say, I'm sorry, man, go home. You know, that's just, that's just the way it is, plain and simple. I had, I had a cousin. Uh, uh, he's like a uh, gangster type, and he wanted me to show him some moves. So I showed him one move for like 15 minutes, but he was too, too, too strong. I mean, he was too strong, so I, I told him to relax, and he didn't want to relax. So I got him by the way. So I showed him one move, and then uh, so he thought he was a man. So I go, hey, it's your turn to go buy beer. So good thing, and he, he went to go try that move out that I showed him. He came back with a fat lip and a black eye, and he goes, man, that shit don't work. I go, it does, man. You just don't know how to do it. One day, right? We got the beer. I said, I took out beers, and I would have to go out to those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So he comes back a big old fat lip and a black eye right there. And I was like, man. Yeah. He's like, that shit don't work. Don't teach me that stuff no more. It's yeah. I'm not dedicated to it. You don't know. You think you don't know everything in 15 minutes, but you can't. You know, it, it takes, takes time. time. Yeah. So, uh, so Nick, what's your, uh, what's your background in martial arts? Do you have any? Actually, you guys are going to hate me for this. No, I don't. Yeah, I um. I, I'm actually, so I'm, I'm the sales sales and you, marketing you, angle you, of marketing. I, I want to, so I, I grew up playing sports and I, I destroyed yeah. my shoulder in high school. So I want to get into it now. So here's actually a great question. So somebody like myself who has had past shoulder issues, but does want to get into martial arts, what discipline or style would you recommend? Or just Finger jab to the eyes. Mm-hmm. Finger jab to the eye. Plain and simple. Fifty virgin now. She's a woman. She hit, hit the eye jab, hit the throat. Get out. Go home, right? You know, yeah, you know, so if you're limited on mobility, it's not that hard. A little bit maneuvering, more smooth, you know, eyes, throat, tempo. And if you dabble into the iron palm, you penetrate the head easy, you know, the heart, the whole thing. You mm-hmm. know, you hit those some good pressure points. And uh, Josh knows what it is, you know. So if you got the hanginess and you're able to penetrate the, the person even more with less uh, friction, so to speak, right? You don't got to wound up like an animal, you can be so subtle and bound, and the guy feels inside. It's almost like a seismic reaction to an earthquake. Little spot in the body feels it, right? And that's from the iron palm. Vibrating palm is too, you know, everything else. So hold out there, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, it's, in, you know, I, I also, I think about that, and I think, you know, there's, there are some arts out there, right. That like, have you like the long fist arts where your, you know, hands are up above your head and all these other things. Um, But, you know, as, 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 as I'm listening, you know, to that answer, I'm thinking in my head, you know, all of the real effective arts that I've trained don't require all of these like crazy, you know, far out movements. 
And and even then, if you were at a school where where you're being expected to do things that your your shoulder can't put up with, I mean, that teacher is either out of touch or they don't care about the student or, or you know those sorts of things. So I mean, I you just well, they don't have the answer. Right? So yeah, sometimes they don't have the answer, Josh. They just right. they uh, use the same curriculum for everybody, and it doesn't work. You know, like. Nick's got the bad shoulder, right, Nick? Yes, sir. And uh, Joe, you got the long fingernail to use? When you're out there, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Um, hey, I've, oh. right. uh, I've got a question like, from Matt Goodwin. I don't know if you can see what I'm going to oh, be doing. It's like a simple technique. You're here like this. Can you see what we're doing here? Like Josh, if your shoulder can't do much, and Janelle got the fingernail, right? It all depends how the movement goes. If he's approaching me, I hit the double eye jab, throat hit, boom. There's their iron palm to the jaw to the temple. Things like that. Super simple, Nick. And then, man, too bad you were in our neighborhood. It'd be kind of cool to have you guys come down and learn from us. Well, I'd love that. That would be so great. You know anybody in Miami? Huh? Do you know anybody in Miami that trains? Is that well, that's where I'm at. I haven't met him personally, but there's a guy uh, named Pedro Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of, he, I think he studied under Vunak, but he did a lot of jujitsu and hapkido. You know, he he's runs on school this, He's on this Facebook Live. He said hi to us earlier. Oh, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a really good guy. You know, uh, awesome. Florida, right? Pardon? You're in Florida? Pardon? What was that? Oh, uh, you're Florida, in Florida? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in, I'm in Miami. Yes. Oh, how far from Boca Raton? Boca, I'm probably about hour and a half. Hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. There was a guy there, a friend of mine named Todd Lauren. He used to work out with us. He moved to Florida about 15 years ago. Took over. Uh, he's got a nice little spot by the beach. He was he was a boxer, a good boxer, back in the day. You know, and uh, he worked out with us for many many years. He's out in Boca Raton. He was always looking for somebody to train with or teach a little bit too. You know, so if you're ever in the neighborhood and want to hook up, let me know. Definitely. I'd be happy to. So, so and Janelle is a uh, – what kind of martial art do you do, Janelle? <laughs> I send my kids. All right. Um, before before COVID broke out, my son was doing hop keto. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. That's what Pedro does. He's a hop keto teacher. Billy Jack. Okay. That's Billy Jack. Yeah, I yeah, did a lot of um, – so everybody's from a different region. Josh, where are you located? Uh, Denver. 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 Yeah. Where about? Uh, oh, Denver. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Just outside of Denver. So I did a buddy around a lot. I was actually in Florida for a while in Huntsville, okay. Alabama. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because I got a buddy out there. He's I don't know how far from Denver he is, but uh, he lives in a place called Castle Rock. Oh yeah, that's that's about an hour south of here. Okay, his name's uh. Todd Gray, he was one of my students. He was a chiropractor, good okay. chiropractor. Okay. But he ended up moving from California to uh, Colorado. He All loves right. it out there. Does he have he a school a out here? Uh, no, he just uh, he's a chiropractor. Okay, you know, and he uh, he learned from me. Then he got into other things before he left. Uh, and he's out there living a good life now out in the nice. good old Castle Rock. Yeah, it's a good area. All right, right. So, so he, here's a question from Arranged by Ashley on Instagram. She says, what do you recommend to develop fast hands? Go faster. <laughs> That's what Bruce used to say. <laughs> Bruce and Jimmy, you want to get fast, go faster. <laughs> well, you know, but the thing is, uh, is, like Alex said, to relax. The more rigid, the more you're going to tighten up your muscle. If the hands are tight during the process, your oxygen, your blood gets stagnant. You don't have that flexibility. They used to say, you know, that if you want to get fast and smooth, still from the women, you know, their martial arts, especially Tai Chi and Wing Chun, still their sensitivity and you become way faster and you'll have sensitivity, you know. Cool. It's just relaxation. That's all it is. Here's an iron palm question. Matt Goodwin asks, some people claim they can't get beyond four pavers without a specific program. What are your thoughts on that and what programs are out there to learn if that is the case? <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, I think I know Josh wants to answer that too. I can see yeah. it. uh, it's just more intense, more conditioning. Um, 
you know, I mean, you can't break uh, the Brooklyn Bridge. You know, it's just so many slabs you can break. You know, it's just like uh, if you want to break more, then you're going to have to get more intense, you know, and find out. A lot of it comes to the breathing. The breath has a lot to do with it. A lot of the Qigong wakes everything up. You know the what breathing. I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, people forget about that. The problem with a lot of the, the Gong Fu's and everything, especially the JKDs, is that uh, there's no internalness. The internalness is, I haven't seen it. I see a whole lot of other things. That's all I see. And I see a goddamn picture of the lights on the wall. That's it. They ain't going to do that for you. You know, you have to get away from that and go back to what they used to do. You know, the hardcore internal training. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of almost the thing of the past. Now me and Rodney talked about that earlier today, by the way, he said to say hello to you. you oh, know? excellent. You let next yeah. time talk to him, let him know. I said hi back. I haven't talked to him in, Probably a year. So okay, yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. We talked about the same thing. People, once you forget about the internalist and you want to just get there fast within the short amount of time, it ain't gonna happen. You know, you know, you have to put in, like Alex said, you got to put in the work. You know, you have to go want to do this. Your expectation shouldn't be what everybody else is. You should go beyond. What you can accomplish if you want to get there farther. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. All right, great. So, Josh, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead, Janelle. Oh, another um, question. Jamari Mack said, how do Jow formulations differ between internal and external martial arts? You guys want to start or you want me to take that? Go ahead, Mr. Josh. I take the last one. I'll let you do this. All right. Um, I've got this dog down here that looks like he's about to bark. So if he starts barking. Um, so, so there's there's a few different things that are interesting about this. Um, some for some people, internal is like uh, the qigong as opposed to the you know the hard kind of like sparring or something like that, right? And so for uh, but for other internal people. We're talking about like deeper in the body and we're talking about like there's all these different ways of looking at it. Right. But so one of the things that really kind of changes that is like how the, the type of herbs that you use, if, if you're working with like a bruise liniment, it's like really kind of a it's it's like this outward. It's like this external thing. Right. Like you get hit and it hurt. But the internal formulas tend to be more about. Um, move like the, the Chinese talk about it, like as moving chi, like chi regulators and in, in, invigorating that flow, um, and kind of the wind damp side. And then there's there's this olfactory piece of it. Um, so a lot of those things um, are become more important than like the bruise liniments. Um, and one way you know that you can kind of gauge how that liniment works, like we were talking earlier about the qigong, and you can make your your hand hot. And when I was first doing iron palm, I used to do this exercise um, where I would try to like focus the, the heat in like in particular fingers. Um, and yeah. so if you got, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. So you've got this cheap. Let's see, these guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, you kind of are trying to feel this, you know, you try to feel it come in, you feel your pulse and you feel the blood and you try to feel the heat. And like, at some point you try to like, focus on your thumb and your, your each finger one at a time. And so if it's a really kind of like jow that's focused on that type of thing, then it will be much easier to do that. And if it's not, then you just, you know, you have to really be good at it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Your, uh, your external jowls are more along the lines of a uh, gay tiger balm, you know, for non-practitioners, just for bruising and everything. And uh, I had a friend of mine who used to make a, uh, it was an oil base. Used to make it for arthritis. That was pretty good. It was it was for non-practitioners, but the internal part, I guess, it can be deciphered like two ways. It can be uh, through the qigong itself to to uh, uh, awaken the kidney, liver, heart. You know, the, everything your meridians to wake to awaken everything, as well as uh, I've taken an internal gel, like a little capful with a little bit of water sometimes, especially to uh, heal the organs after you spar. You know, the internal stuff, they kind of got these other things. I can't remember what they're called, but they're something like along the line of they call it hit pills. After you spar, get bruised on the inside, your sides will hurt. You know, you take them, yeah, it'll heal you fat on the inside. Yeah. You know, there's a whole lot of things to look at. It just depends upon what you're after and what you need. Some people need 
they don't need a lot of things. You know, some people, like I said, skill level, you know, will explain itself. Hey, Josh, could you hit on the benefits of an alcohol-based gel? Yeah, so so there's there's some 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 scientific literature about this um, out there, and really really high concentration concentrations of alcohol tend to um, uh, increase the 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 absorption in the on the skin, and that tends to be like above ninety percent, uh, which is where that curve really starts taking off. You don't really want a jaw with that much alcohol in it because um, it evaporates too fast. And actually, uh, the water is really, really useful, right? It's the universal solvent. Um, so the thing that you get by having a liniment that has a good percentage of water and alcohol in it is that it's it's actually breaking down different things, right? So like we're, we're, we're talking about like a bipolar uh, and nonpolar molecules there and, and alcohol and water are the same, but they they're gonna they're gonna pull different things out of the liniment, and so it's nice to have like you know a fifty percent mix kind of helps maximize that, um, and that's actually the the benefit of like a you know like an oil or vinegar based gel, especially the oil, um, which we're talking about polar versus nonpolar. Now the oil is going to kind of take out you know reasonably different stuff, um, and so you end up with a different kind of jow. Um, oil jows are just Honestly, they're just kind of a pain in the ass, though. So the alcohol yeah. ends, up, ends up being the best medium for it. Yeah, yeah, you're right about all that. It's, uh, some people grind the herbs. Some people put them in fully. Some people, uh, uh, what do you call it, saute them a little bit. You know, some people do different things with the herb. I guess personal preference. Yeah. And each art that I've been through that I know through friends and everybody else trained in different things. Each Kung Fu art has their own gel recipe. The Wing Chun guys, the Kung Fu guys, the Tai Chi guys, I mean, you know, uh, Solom, you know, they all got this, their different, you know, the uh, Thai fighters, the karate guys, Japan. They all have the certain types of uh, of a gel that they use, you know, the family gels. And some I know, too, uh, used to use uh, rice wine, you know, back in the day. We used to make rice wine. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you had a Yeah, from scratch. <laughs> oh wow! It's it's it's, right. it's like not worth the trouble. Like there are other rum is much easier to make than, than <laughs> rice. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, that's where I saw you on Discovery, huh? Making this uh, yeah. guys that have skills. No, I'm just kidding. Well, in the early <laughs> days, in the early days yeah. of Dragon, I actually um, decided that the alcohol is is actually the most expensive part. Of, of the whole process, right? I, mean, I use the cheap stuff. Yeah, you know? straight honest. But I decided, look, I can make I can make six gallons of rum for the same price of half a gallon of vodka, and so like, actually, I was making making the alcohol like just because it just it, it just made everything so much easier to just make the alcohol myself. So, and then yeah, I yeah. Wine, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Josh, can you clarify a little more about the absorption rate into the skin of oil versus alcohol? Yeah, so so you can go, you can actually go look up. Um, and like I said, like once you get above ninety percent alcohol concentration, it's it your pores are able to accept the alcohol more easily. And like I said, like you can, there's a lot of research about that. As far as the oil goes, um, actually, you can also go all the all different oils have like all the carrier oils have like kind of different like levels of absorption. Um, and so some oils penetrate very deeply and some oils are, are, are very, you know, true, like right on the dermal surface, they barely penetrate at all. So some of the more expensive oils do do a good job of penetrating. They just, because of the nature of the oil and the way it, it, you know, you've got oil on, on your skin and then that's oil. So like it kind of repels a little bit. Um, but, but the idea there is, is that, um, you know, you want to, um, you want, if you're going to use oil, you want to find something that penetrates well and dries quickly. Um, and then, you know, to finish up, like, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about using, like, I think, um, DMSO is like a thing, right? And so here's the other danger, right? Like, it's like, we're talking about not, you know, using the right thing for the job. And it's not just about, getting it to penetrate as deep into the skin as possible. Cause if you were to add something like DMSO to jowl, 
um, you'd probably, that stuff would penetrate too deep. And, you know, if it had, you know, herbs like Futsa or, you know, so, some of these other uh, mildly toxic herbs, not that Futsa is mildly toxic, but it is when it, once it goes into the jow, um, then, you know, you could end up poisoning yourself. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's about the staying in that. Yeah. Hey, yeah, a lot of the same yeah. lines. Oh, I was just going to say, can you clarify a little bit, Josh, how there are different, there's a difference between um, internally consumed jowls and external, externally consumed jowls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Plum Dragon, we don't recommend that you take um, an external jowl internally, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not to be confused with internal, external martial arts. Right. So like, here's the thing. And the disclaimer here is don't swallow external liniments. Mm -hmm. That said, um, the, the internal liniments, like there are some herbs that are, that if you put in an external jowl, they don't, they just don't make any sense. Um, and there are a lot of internal uh, herbs that you can put in external jowl that do make sense. And so the, the, the whole point there is, is that if you take, um, you know, an external liniment, you don't know what it has in it that you might want to not want to take internally. Like it might have a lot of futsa in it. It might have some of these other uh, herbs that are, you know, either raw or cooked and, and have a higher level of toxicity. And so when we say external, we mean, well, it's designed to be used externally. That doesn't mean it wouldn't do anything internally. It just means that like, we know that it's going to be external. So we're going to optimize for, for that purpose. And when it's internal, um, actually the internal formulas have a whole lot wider of, of range of functionality because some of the, like I said, some of the herbs that get used in could that could get used in external formulas that they, they won't, they're not going to do anything when you apply it to the skin. They work on in a more internal nature in your body. Like the, mm -hmm. we talked about earlier with the organ. Yeah. Well, like I said, don't swallow them. You don't want to get sick. <laughs> You know, pretty much, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you know. So here's a question for uh, Alex and Felix. So this is from One Love Destinations on Instagram. So what are some ways to condition your mind to be ready for training in martial arts? Uh, well, uh, to uh, train your mind and condition, right? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, accept... Uh, Except the fact that you're coming in as a new student, if you want to see this person, where are we going to be learning from? Bruce Lee always said it, empty your cup. You know, people will tell you many times, you come in as a beginner, even though you may have years and years of experience. Always come in humble as a beginner. Except the fact that you can learn something from everybody and anybody. Now, some guys are very limited in what they can teach you. Some guys can teach you forever. It just, uh, the way to do it is just, uh, Allow yourself to see what this person has to offer for you. And if you like it, then there's a chance to go farther. You know what I mean? You know, don't go in there thinking, you know, you can have, if you have an attitude, you might as well just go home. It ain't going to help. Go in there, good attitude, open mind, and uh, see what they have to offer. And if you like it, you stick around. If you don't, find something you like. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hey, we've got some more historical trivia type questions. Um, it was Bruce Lee's, the, the anniversary of his death this week. And I think people are have Bruce Lee on their mind and um, they don't know maybe as much as uh, James Lee. But here's a question that I got. Um, James Lee used D.Jow and later on Al Novak used the same liniment. Somebody's wanting, uh, this Hank Jonkman is wondering, is it still in use today? According to Al, it was pretty strong. <laughs> well, according to what they had, me and Rodney talked about this and going through Jim Lee's lineage, which was under Koyu Chung. Naturally, the Jow would be through Koyu Chung since that was the uh, Jim Lee's mentor, those people that he that he learned the iron palm with, that's the job that they used. So therefore, that would have had to be in the job. But back in the day, uh, nobody knew what that was. You know, they didn't know what job was. And what's job? That was pancake syrup. You know, back in the day, right? And just like when I was growing up, the arts that were famous were karate, jujitsu, and boxing a little bit, right? Then kung fu started to come in, and people didn't know what kung fu was. 
You know, there's new words. You're like, oh my God, what's this? You know, and then uh, it's just like anything else. You know, it just uh, you just gotta you know just learn it. You know, you know, learn, learn what you got there. We'll put links to the jowl that we have. That's a QU Chung formula on um, on in the notes, and we'll air this also as a podcast and on YouTube. So our listeners and viewers can come to plumdragonerds.com afterwards and see show notes and links to some of the things. And also um, we'll put, you know, we'll try to answer all the questions that didn't get answered on this show. I know we've been live for a little over an hour. So um, I know we may just have to other? Do you have any other trivia questions, Nick, about Bruce Lee on your end? Well, so, so Here's one. So what was your favorite Bruce Lee story that's that's personal to you? My personal story of Bruce Lee? Your favorite one, yeah. The first time I met him, I was probably about nine, eight, nine years old. And uh, my father took us to go see Bruce Lee. We went to Jimmy Lee's with my dad. And back in the day, we didn't know who Bruce Lee was. We knew uh, Cato from the Green Hornet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cato's there. You know, we're all happy just to go see Cato, me and my little brother. So my dad took us in there. Bruce Lee walked in. And he had walked in with about four or five of the Chinese dudes, all dressed nice dudes. They're like bodyguards, right? These guys were gung fu guys. They weren't, they weren't the other guys. They weren't like Ellen Joe, George Lee, and those guys. They were mostly Jimmy Lee's buddies. They were waiting up there and stuff like that. But they were only martial arts. But these other guys were martial artists. So we got there. Bruce Lee sitting down signing autographs. I walked over. He was dressed really nice. And he had a pointed suede boot. And I stepped right on his boot and I left a tennis shoe mark. Right? And he, and he looked at me and I go, oh, damn it. You know? And he kind of laughed and brushed it off and gave me an autograph. You know, we took a picture and everything with Bruce Lee. And that was my first, first, uh, First time I ever met him, that was my probably my fondest memory. Like I stepped on Bruce Lee's shoe, right? You know what I mean? Hitting everything, you know. But we used to see him all the time. We'd see him all. It was not uncommon, you know, to go with my father on a, on the weekend and sit there with, uh, you know, play around Jimmy Lee's garage while uh, Jimmy and my dad and Bruce would be talking about things, you know. And Jimmy was the guy behind all the conditioning stuff: the forearm, the hand, the palm. The buckshot, the jowl, everything. Jimmy Lee was the man, right? How do you think Bruce Lee learned this? You know, he just didn't learn it overnight. His source was Jimmy Lee. He taught him a lot of things. And uh, for us, it's kind of like, kind of like disappointing how people don't relate to that part. Maybe they just don't get it or they just don't want to hear about it, you know? But the internal stuff is what's missing in a lot of martial arts nowadays. And uh, that's why I wanted to kind of talk about it the JKD world. Alex knows. A lot of my other students know. I have a couple of other instructors that I've made instructors to that are doing it. But to carry on the tradition of real gung fu, not, uh, not theatrics, you know. Right. Alex, how have um, the internal martial arts affected your uh, martial arts career? All right. Made me a better person, changed my life around. If it wasn't for that, I might be in something, you know, uh, jail. But um, just give me like a like a big wake up call. Like, hey, you know what you can do? You can hurt people. This and that. You know, I did it a couple of times, but still, I got away with it. But still, then like, as you get older, you start realizing, you know, you know what you can do to people and how you can hurt people. And it's like, man, I don't want to do that. You know, because I always tell people there's seven ways to fight. This is my way. My theory of telling people the seven ways to fight: there, there's close-up, there's distance on the floor, weapons, pressure points, joint locks, with control, talk you out of it, or run. Those are my ways. You want to fight me? Well, see you later. I'm not gonna go to jail for you. you want to fight me? I will talk my way down. Mm-hmm. You know. Or if you're in a tight space, you can do the jiu-jitsu. If you're in an open space, you can do the taekwondo. If if you're in a spot where you're on the floor, then that's when you learn how to find the floor. You can do judo or you can do jiu-jitsu. And if, if someone pulls a weapon on, you gotta learn how to fight weapons. If you have a couple of drunk friends, or if you're a, 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 a bouncer or a security at a, at a at a club or something, and you wanna hurt this guy, control locks, joint pressure points. Hey, get out of here. You know, those are my my seven ways 
of, uh, of the fight. Yeah, as a martial artist, as you get older, you learn your knowledge grows immensely. You know, Josh, doing the iron palm and herbs, the old saying was, if you can hurt somebody, you can you can also help them and heal them. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. That's, that's the thing. People, people don't think about that. You know, everybody right now is, you know, either a victim or trying to be a victim or, or an opportunist. You know, all this good stuff we got around here, people are not even tuning into it. You know, there's a, there's a whole lot of good things they can learn from all of us right here, you know, from uh, the whole crew. But they don't they don't give themselves a chance to do it. So, you know, that's why sometimes history gets rubbed out the wrong way and people forget about it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like our job, especially Josh, with the Iron Palm and everything to revise it and remind people what is out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, we sure appreciate having you guys on the show. We got a comment if whether or not there's going to be a sequel. So we'll have to discuss and uh, look at our schedules and see if we have enough interest, whether yeah. um, we do another Facebook Live. Well, yeah, we have to figure out five Rockies. Five Rockies here. I'm just kidding, right? Now. <laughs> you, know, but, uh, you guys, but uh, yeah, we'd be more than happy to, even if we don't do another show, just to stay in touch. You know, and say hello to each other, you know, and everything else. That 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 means a great deal too. You know? How do you like people to reach out to you? Was that again, please? How do you like people to reach out to you? Facebook. We're we're under original Oakland JKD under Facebook or Instagram. Okay. Or Alex's site, which is what's your site, Alex? Uh the Facebook what's your site? Oh it's uh, Alexander LX Freestyle. Yeah. Okay. You can get through Alex too, and you know there's a whole lot of things there. You know, let but, me post uh, yeah. our website, and then people can come um, to our blog, and they can get uh, the show notes there as well, and links to all this. Yeah. There's a guy before we leave. His name is Johnny Williams. We, I, we wrote an article together, me him and Todd from uh, Colorado, and uh, we're in the process of doing another one. And this one's going to be about internal JKD. You know what's missing the iron palm, the herb, and I'm going to be sure. You know, Johnny Williams, you know, I told him about you guys. We're going to make sure that we mention you, Mrs. Plum Dragon Herbs. Wow, well, thank a, you very much. As a source to, you know, come and see Josh and get some good stuff and show us how to make a steal. Okay, Josh? Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> so great. Well, thank you everybody for having us. We really appreciate thank you guys. this. Thank yes, you so nice much. talking to you guys. It's great. All right. Great. Great. Well, let's stay in touch. We will okay. definitely. And let's Absolutely. Let's do this again sometime. Thank and, you. Guys. All right. Great. Yes, and thanks to all, all right. of our viewers. We had a number of comments come in, and you know, I, I wish we could have answered all the questions. So we'll do our best in follow ups. Thanks, you guys. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Guys. Take care, you guys. Right. Take care. Yeah. Bye. Bye. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to visit us at plumdragonherbs.com. We will post show notes and ways to connect with our guests. You can also help us share the tools of this Staying in the Game podcast with those you care about by subscribing to our show and leaving us a comment wherever you like to listen. Until next time.